The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapete on SAFM. The great debate continues how to use technology, particularly invasive, if not terribly invasive, and yet if used responsibly, could really unlock a couple of blockages in our systems. Your thoughts. Good evening, Heidi. Good evening, Heidi. Hi. Hello, I'm here. (laughs) Indeed. Much appreciated. Yeah, well, there is this debate, of course, how far we should use technology and at what point is it simply an invasion? This is essentially the basis of this conversation, how far we should use facial recognition technology in the fight against crime, even without a warrant, and what do you make of information and related privacy? Well, I think um, as far as the technology goes, it can be a very good thing. Um, it can save police a lot of time. Uh, it can it can just do tasks much faster. Uh, but the two things that one needs to keep in mind, and that's that people work with the technology, but also the technology isn't flawless. So the problem with facial recognition Um, as it is right now, is that the ones that are really good are really expensive. And there aren't that many that are really, really good. But the vast majority of facial recognition software, uh, it's not that good at identifying people of color. And the reason um, that they think that is because um, the technology is developed using faces of white men. So there's been a, there's a higher rate of inaccuracies and false identification uh, with people from other races. So so that's the one thing that's the danger of this technology. So you would have to know uh, that you can't just rely on this technology. The police, if they did ever use this, um, or if the authorities used this, they would have to know that the stuff's not perfect and you need a human to double check it. So, so that's that's the one aspect. Um, and the other thing is also you need the humans to use it responsibly. It will be a powerful technology if it does, if, if the state does start using it and if our police start using it to fight crime. So they would have to do it very carefully um, because you would be able to track somebody, you know, in theory, you'd be able to track them wherever they went because there's so many security cameras around now. Um, and what would happen one day is someone would be able to, for instance, take a picture of you on their smartphone. If that ended up somewhere, you know, on social media, uh, there are already databases and, and software programs and companies out there that offer databases to police services. This is in the U.S. Um, with faces of literally billions of people on it. And they took all of this from social media. And that would allow police um, in the states to actually look for people um, on their social media profiles. So you run your um, your mugshot through through that system, and they say, okay, here's this guy. This is Mr. Smith. Here's his Facebook page. This is where he was on such and such a day. So that's just an example of how uh, how invasive it can get. You would have to have very strict regulations to make sure that when police use this, they really use it only when they really need to and that 
it's 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 very well monitored and people know exactly who's used the facial recognition system when and for what reason. So basically, that's it, Jawi. It's it. I think it can be a wonderful tool. Um, it can be very useful, but we need to be careful about how um, it's implemented. On those two points, the race-related question, if I can characterize it as that, which was the mm-hmm. first point in terms of the limitations of the technology, together with more than the technology being good, it is only as good as the humans behind it allow it to be good. And certainly mm-hmm. in this country, if anything, in the relations with our security and state security uh, instruments and bodies and the interrelations there, it's probably good reason why on those two questions, we in this country probably should not use it as opposed to probably should use it. Well, yes, quite. That's that's the worrying aspect. Um the thing is you need a lot of infrastructure and you also need a lot of um, institutional capacity to oversee the use of this. Um, police would have to be trained. Um, state intelligence agents would have to be trained up how to use it. But we'd also need to understand that you know, these people would have to be held accountable by an external independent body uh, so that you or I, if we think that this technology has been used against us, we can go to this independent body and say, look, I think these guys are spying on me. They're tracking on me, uh, tracking me. I don't understand why. Can you please look into this? And that type of thing, it, it costs money. Um, and I'm not sure um, how long it'll take to set up those systems or if there's even the political will to set up those type of monitoring systems to keep people safe. And I also don't know if 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 there's at the at the moment capacity within the government to to set that up, but also to train officers um, so that they do this responsibly, especially not with the state of the police and the state security agency at the moment, um, which is difficult to gauge because it's it's so difficult to find out what's going on there behind the scenes. Final question: Let's assume all of these things that need to happen do in fact happen and you establish a plausible case for why then the rollout of this facial recognition technology is good would it be too str- would it be a greater argument to roll it out on the basis of all of those conditions being met so as to trump my rights to privacy and the fact that i would have so much data of mine under state surveillance being so readily available to it, absent my consent, even knowledge? Well, you see, this is the other. <laughs> that now you're only getting to the real question. So once we can use it properly, should we be using it properly? And what is properly? Um, is it really necessary for them to, to gather all that data and monitor everybody? Uh, we know there's security cameras going up everywhere already. Um, and... In the end, the answer in that lies in the Protection of Personal Information Act, which says that if you need the information for crime-related purposes to do an investigation, if you need it, then then you can get it, get a judge to okay it. But also, it must really be necessary, it must be proportionate. In other words, don't get more than you need. So in the end, for me, I'm, I'm not a legal expert, but I would say that... 
um, if it was really put to the test, there there would be some hiccups. Uh, you know, if civil society came to the party and people decided to really fight this out in court, um, I, I don't know if the police would be able to make that case that it's really necessary to do all that surveillance. Very well. Let me leave it there. Sorry about that, Heidi. I am late for news, but we do appreciate your preliminary thoughts on what is a discussion that is sure only in time to pick up momentum as we grip with our rights, particularly on information. Heidi Swat, investigative journalist on surveillance and data privacy. It is time for news at 2101.